Hey! Hey! Welcome to Temple of False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I am one of your hosts, Andy. I am one of your hosts, Bruce. Um, and if you've been listening for the past, uh, I mean, this is what, episode 25? If you've been listening for the past couple seasons, uh, we have done something every every season where we, uh, we, we like to call it Temple's Treasures, where we choose a permanent or spell type, card type? Card, card type. type. Card type. Card type uh, and a color uh, and look at some underplayed cards in EDH. Um, first season we chose black enchantments. Last season we chose red enchantments. This season we're going to talk about some green enchantments. You know, we're just going to continue through that enchantment portal. Hang in there, sorcery fans. We'll get there. We will yeah, get, we'll get there. there. We just give us a couple seasons. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, uh, we have a little, we have a few ground rules. Yes. Uh, first, according to EDH Rec, the card has to be in less than one thousand decks. Second rule, it has to have been first printed before eighth edition. First printed. That that's right. important. Uh, in other words, we're looking for cards that were originally printed with the original magic borders, the original look of a magic card. These cards can be reprinted later. Uh, mo- uh, many of them are. Yeah, so that's the gist. Uh, and we have we have some pretty pretty cool lists. Uh, as always, neither of us have seen each other's lists. Uh, there may be overlap, but there has not yet been. There's not going to be overlap. Uh, no. There you way- know why? Yeah. There's so many freaking cards in Magic. Green's got a lot of great stuff, uh, especially old school green. And we're looking at enchantments, uh, and it seems like enchantments are where they put all the funky stuff. So, Yeah, because who plays enchantments anyways? Exactly. So, Andy? Yeah. Do you want to start this? I would love to. All right. I would love to get on this because it, 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 these episodes usually last a little longer, but you know what? They're fun. So let's get into it. Let's do it. I'm going to start out with, uh, it's one in a green. It's called Ferocity. It's an aura. So it says Enchant Creature. Whenever Enchanted Creature blocks or becomes blocked, you may put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, And this is in 117 decks. Nice. Um, For two mana, you know, you you put it on a, a creature that you want bigger, and you pretty much get to choose when it gets those plus one plus one counters i mean it says whenever enchanted creature gets uh, becomes blocked but like you're not going to be attacking into something and not expect it you're you're either going to know it's going to get blocked or it's not going to get blocked um and your opponent's going to know that it will be getting the plus one plus one counter that's all kind of a part of the <laughs> the thing uh, right is I'm- that it's it's not secret it's there people see it right it's sitting there and it's basically saying whatever the whatever the current power and toughness of this creature is add one when you're calculating whether or not you want to swing in i like this mostly because it also gives you all the benefits that you get with plus and plus one counters on your creatures Mm -hmm. because that's where this is going i mean this is going into a counter deck this is you know remember we're now in the right color for doubling season primal vigor uh, every, mm-hmm. everything that can double 
counters on a creature, ferocity is there. I, I appreciate plus two, plus two may not <laughs> sound like a ton, but it it does start to add up quick. So, Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's going to build up. Uh, I was going to say very quickly, but it, it it's conditional. Uh, <laughs> it's not that's... Gonna, yeah it's not going to build up very quickly but that's all right yeah. uh, I mean ideally with auras like this I'm always I'm, I tend to be looking for more creatures that have some sort of benefit so they're not going to get wiped off I want you know I want to put this on a creature that's indestructible uh, I want to put this on a creature that has hex proof the other benefit with with ferocity is to avoid that two for one if they choose to bounce the token creature sure you you still lose the enchantment that the aura but you only lost one card um players are much much more reluctant to throw removal away on a token um it also <laughs> makes it a lot easier you know when somebody swings in and you've got a three three token with ferocity on it everybody can see that it's going to be a four four if you block and they swing in with their four-four creature. If it's a if it's a creature that you care about, you're going to be at least a little reluctant because you know they've got to have something. They're not voluntarily throwing this away. You put it on a token creature, and suddenly you don't care. It's like, yeah, mm. I'll block it. Go ahead, spend another card to save your guy from my token creature. You know, at that point, it turns into a one-for-one, one and uh, I'll take that. So, <laughs> and the best part of it is the flavor text uh, said by Tongarth. You lot go on ahead. I'll keep killing them until it sticks. Which is kind of kind of fun and silly. It's like, it's the old, the old magic <clears throat> flavor. It's nice. Definitely. Like it. uh, Bruce. Yes. Your first card. My first card. And I will be doing these in what I feel is the, the order of least exciting to most exciting. Um, so, I did my first, my my most exciting first. So it's all downhill from here, folks. Oh boy. The the card I've chosen uh, shows up on EDH Rec in 107 decks. So we're keeping it to a minimum. And I will say this is one of the higher numbers in, the, in my list. So the card is Nature's Wrath. It's uh, six mana. Uh, it's four and two green. Um, it reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice nature's wrath unless you pay green. It has a green upkeep cost. You have to pay it every turn. That sucks. And it costs six. This better be good. Wait. Whenever a player puts an island or blue permanent onto the <laughs> battlefield, that player sacrifices an island or blue permanent. Whenever a player puts a swamp or a black permanent onto the battlefield... That player sacrifices a swamp or black permanent. You know, it's funny. I saw this card when I was doing research, and I was like, why does this card sound so familiar? And then I realized, uh, <clears throat> uh, at time of recording, newly banned Uro is Titan of Nature's Wrath. Well, there you go. Just a little fun thing. Now, normally I wouldn't choose a card like this to put on the list because I'm not really a big fan of a lot of the old there, there's a number of older cards that go after a particular color um mm. and generally speaking you're get you're looking at an all or nothing scenario with those kind of cards like if nobody's playing that color you're you're right out of luck now the difference here is that we're talking about black and blue <laughs> uh, we're, and we're talking about multiplayer games 
you've got three opponents. What are the odds at least one of them is running black and or blue? Real good. Real good. Uh, <laughs> I look at this not so much as a risk, but as a virtual guarantee it's going to happen. The other benefit for a card like Nature's Wrath is the players who aren't playing those colors have no desire to get rid of this card. None. This is This isn't a card that you know, oh, we've accidentally hurt somebody else, so now they feel like they need to get rid of the card too. This is going to focus on the players playing black and blue. Now, if there's only one of them, then it's up to that one player to find a piece of removal to get rid of nature's wrath and enchantment. We already know that black doesn't have a lot of ways to do that, and blue is looking at bounce. Well, great. So bounce my nature's wrath because it's coming back the next turn and then you have to counter it. I'm all for that. I've played nature's wrath. I own one. Uh, I've had a chance to watch it in action. And honestly, it messes up a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, it's fun to play in the mid game when players are desperately trying to build their board, but at the same time really don't have a spare swamp or an island to throw away to add another permanent onto the board. This is also really nice in the late game um, because it means uh, every time they play something, they are essentially tossing one of their spare, one of the, what they believe is one of their spare land. Uh, mm. And you don't have a lot of spare land, or at least not as much as you might think. So it doesn't take long for this kind of card to be a real, a real pain for these, real pain <laughs> for those players. So. Um, yeah, and you're only paying one a turn. Like it's not like it's cumulative upkeep either. Right, and you paid six mana to get it out there. So odds are you can afford to pay one. Yeah, to you're to really <laughs> to really back up their efforts. They have to get rid of this card, um, and that's not always the easiest thing to do. So, so yeah, yeah, nature's wrath. That's uh, that's uh, that's sort of where I wanted to get started. Solid start. Yeah, and. I like, Off to the races. I like the art. It's a, uh, it's classic. Reminds me of of home in the northern Canadian Rockies. <laughs> um, my next card. Yeah. It's a one green, just a single green aura, okay. called Whip Silk. Whip Silk. It says enchant creature, enchanted creature has reach, and then for a green, you return Whip Silk to its owner's hand. I would think this card would be garbage except for that last line. Um, uh -huh. So now it's like less garbage. Uh, and for those wondering, it is in currently 549 decks. Mm -hmm. I think giving giving a creature reach is uh, pretty powerful if you're playing against a lot of flyers, which is a very common form of evasion. And to give it to any target creature of yours is pretty cool. That means you don't have to like load up your deck with a bunch of reach creatures just because you're like, oh, like oh, I'm scared of flyers. Um, and then at instant speed, you can return it to your hand, you know, in response to something dying or you play a better creature that you want to give reach to. Well, uh, I mean, to me, the, it, the reason that the return to your hand is good, practically speaking, pick any enchantress deck. Hmm. Every time you play an enchantment, you draw a card. Yeah, so essentially for two green. Exactly. Yeah, you're getting that draw, 
Yes. Um, plus more, because if you're playing Enchantress, you're probably playing a lot of those effects. Um, right. Yeah, it's just, it's solid. So I put it as my second card. Um, it, it's funny how Reach becomes this underrated ability that people just don't think about. Um, it makes me think of Vigilance, honestly. <laughs> it does. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd put it as high as Vigilance, but... Um, <laughs> It is so easy for green to have a massive creature and, okay, maybe you can't give it flying, but giving it reach is just as good defensively. Uh, mm. I mean, it it acts as a complete deterrent. So your opponent now has to look at the card and say, okay, well, my flyers, I'm going to lose a flyer if I swing that way. So either don't swing that way or get rid of the whip silk or the creature that has the whip silk on it. Well, okay, so they're burning cards to do one or the other. So, And anyone foolish enough to use up a Naturalize or Enchantment Removal to get rid of Whip Silk, especially when you have a green <laughs> up, is just yeah. is throwing, their, throwing their, their, their card advantage away. Um, all that does is it leaves you open for a single swing. So I guess if that's what they're looking for, then they can go ahead. You know how easy it is to leave a green up? <laughs> yeah. I, I like this card. This Neat. is one of my one of my favorites. Numero dos. Numero dos. All right. For for my number two, I opted for a, a Margaret Organ Keen uh, illustrated card, which means that there are going to be a lot of small boxes in it. Uh, <laughs> the card is Frailies's Charm. Ooh, uh, so charming. Yeah. Three disturbing individuals pictured on the front of the card doing. Who knows what? Uh, oh, God. by the way, this is not a charm uh, in the in the typical sense that you might be used to. Most charms are instants that have a number of options. This one isn't that. Uh, Frailies' charm costs. This one's an enchantment. <laughs> yes, this one's an enchantment, and it costs two green mana to play. Then it says, whenever an opponent casts a black spell, you may pay green green. If you do, draw a card. Now, the next line is, Green, green, return Frailies' charm to its owner's hand. This gets a little tricky, because obviously you can protect the card by keeping two green up. However, you're most likely going to use up that two green to draw a card, because whenever your opponent plays a black spell, you have the opportunity to draw a card. Now, this is early <laughs> green card draw. Yeah. Uh, Frailies' charm is in... 25 decks what yeah that's believable i mean when green card draw has come to things like elder gargoth or uh what's the tree great henge yeah it's like well <laughs> right you, do you really want to keep two green mana up and have this only work when an opponent plays a black spell now i just finished saying that with the last one we were talking about black or blue now, this time it's only black. So, this time you are taking a bit of a risk. But this is a risk that's worth taking. I mean, it's definitely bizarre. Uh, your your opponents that are playing black are not going to stop just because you can pay two green to draw a card whenever they cast their spell. They're not going... That's not going to be a deterrent enough for them. So, you're going to get plenty of card draw on this. The odds that people aren't playing black they aren't good and it's not you know it's not like it's a one in five chance that 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 people will be playing black 
it's way higher than that. We're talking about three opponents. We're talking about Commander where everybody's playing at least two or three colors. Yeah, the, the, the limitation is a lot more on the two green. I also like the idea of being able to return it to the owner's hand because it means that if this card is out, you're going to leave two green up because you want to draw cards. So then your opponent gets a chance to go and either they can then try and disenchant it, which means you're going to respond by bringing it to your hand, or they have to wait until you have drawn your card and used up those two green mana that you had sitting up. Then they can finally go after the enchantment. So you're going <laughs> to get the replacement before they get a chance to get rid of the card. And to me, that just makes this a, a no-brainer. Um, and I think for the most part, uh, the player who's playing black, unlike Nature's Wrath, you're not doing anything to them. You're getting a, right. you're getting a benefit because they did something. Look at the number of times people play Smothering Tithe and how many times people are willing to pay mana to stop it, to stop you from getting your treasure. Not very often, because in the end, they're either limiting themselves or limiting you. Well, if they do nothing, you get the mana. If they do something, they lose the mana. Most of the time, they're willing to let you have something to keep their mana up. In this case, it's the same thing, except you're not even costing them anything. <laughs> it's a no-brainer as long as you know your meta. Like, if nobody yeah. ever plays black, then don't do it. Then, but... Yeah, then don't do it. But... Uh, that's very, very rare. I think of oh, my yeah. three my three years playing Magic, I think I've played one game where nobody played black. Like, Yeah, you're much more likely to run into a game where everybody is playing black. I mean, you know, heck, with a card like this, you can play black. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's, yeah. there's no downside. You're not going after the black payer so that you're you're harming them when they play spells. You're just getting a benefit when they play spells. So uh, this, you know, this is this is a nothing, you know, this is not uh, an obnoxious card. Uh, the other benefit is it's also fairly low on the radar as far as worthy of removal. Most people have limited amounts of enchantment removal or ways to get rid of enchantments. And there are much better enchantments to go after than one that means that I have to pay two green and can draw a card when somebody else is playing a black spell. There's a lot of conditions yeah. that roll on that. So um, so that's part of the reason why I picked the card. Um, and I love the idea that you know it was sort of a, a sample of old school green getting card draw. This is what was required. So, <laughs> And it should also be noted in the original text, it says whenever an opponent successfully casts a black spell, draw a card. Now it's whenever an opponent casts a black spell, you may pay green green. So, um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had that come up in a game before where somebody was like, no, it's if you successfully cast. And I'm like, it's not. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's just if you cast it. Not it's a cast anymore. trigger now. Um, um, <clears throat> I will also say that uh, these, these folks in the picture are disturbing. I strongly recommend... They're children, it. Bruce. Leave the children alone. I strongly recommend you go and check this art out. Uh, These just, children just found jewelry in a box and are so obsessed with it. Yes, they have they have found her charm and ugh, that's they uh, are charmed by it. Well, yes, and uh, man, <laughs> these are not. Uh, oh, they're beautiful. All they're right, beautiful children. Let's move on. 
Let's move on. Um, let's move on right to our break. Excellent. Uh, we're going to take an ad break real quick. We will be right back. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by The Great Henge. We got you covered. Do you need more mana? We got you covered. Do you need more life? We got you covered. Do you have creatures entering the battlefield and they need to be just that little bit bigger? We got you covered. Do you need card draw? We got you covered. We got it all right here. All you need to do is walk through the creepy hole in the middle of the tree. The Great Henge. It's a big old tree with a hole in it. Go in and get some stuff. The Great Henge. The Great Henge. We got you covered. And now back to you. Well, there we go. Welcome back. Uh, where were we? I think we're Andy, on to number three. We are three on your third selection. My third selection. We are rolling along here. My third selection is uh, a card I had never heard of before doing research. It's called Titania's Song. <laughs> this artwork is wild. Uh, I think I have the Antiquities artwork up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the 5th edition uh, artwork's pretty cool. Uh, oh, anyway, yes. this is an enchantment, and it says, Each non-creature artifact, any, any artifact that's not a creature, loses its abilities. Already on the right track. Let's let's ruin some people's lives. And becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness each equal to its converted mana cost, which is now mana value. Uh, if Titania's song leaves the battlefield, this effect continues until end of turn. So one thing that non-green relies on for ramp is a lot of artifacts. Uh, I mean, green does it too, but green has plenty of other ways to, to ramp. Uh, over the course of a game, especially Commander, EDH, whatever, uh, a lot of non-creature artifacts are going to be played. You can easily turn a one-mana soul ring into a 1-1 one -one with much more opportunity to kill it. <laughs> it's much easier to remove a 1-1 one -one from the board than it is to remove a soul ring. Um, generally. Chitania's <laughs> yeah. song is just begging, begging for a wrath effect. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you turn, you know, Silvering into a 1-1. One, one. You turn a bunch of the, like, the Signets and stuff yep. into 2-2s, two uh, <clears throat> so on and so forth. Key runes into 3-3s. Three um, and that's just the mana rocks. Then you have all of the equipments, which... Yep arguably will be bigger but are easier to remove and because they lost their abilities people can't use the mana rocks for mana people can't use the equipments to equip things with uh <laughs> it's definitely like a get there card like you could play this people will be upset but it'll be much easier to end up winning the game I saw it and I was like, this makes me feel dirty. Uh, <laughs> it's, but the more I thought about it, I was like, this is a card that I could see myself playing um, without feeling too, too bad. 
as long as you have like a plan to follow it up granted if they have a way of removing it like it says the the effect lasts until the end of turn the turn that it right gets removed um now, yeah, and something to keep in mind, when this first came out, I'm confident that there were a lot of people that looked at this and were wondering, huh, how is that going to work with the Moxes? Because <laughs> they cost nothing. So immediately you've got zero zero creatures, they're automatically dead. And you Boom. say to yourself, well, that's okay, but we don't play with Moxes anymore, realistically. We're, we're commander games. You know, we use, you know, we use Soul Ring. We use Mana Rocks. We use, tre tre oh, Treasures. We use treasures, we use clues, we use food tokens, we use gold tokens. Uh, <laughs> name, name any artifact token. They all have zero casting cost. They become zero, zero creatures and instantly die. All that can happen here is the person who owns the treasures will simply sack all of them, have a big pile of mana that they have to use right away. Mm -hmm. And... It also means that they're not going to get any more treasures because they're not even going to try and do those treasures because you can't store them. So as soon as you get the treasure, boom, you have to use it. And you can't really use it because it it's a, it's a non-creature artifact. It loses all its abilities. So it's just going to die. So that, that uh, smothering tithe, it's now just an enchantment that sits there and realistically does nothing. <laughs> Um, Unless you want die triggers, but... Yes, yes. Uh, if you would like to see your creatures die and you get some kind of benefit from that, then sure, run that. Um, a note, Titania's Song does not say opponent. Yes. So this hits your treasures just as well as anybody else's. However, Ooh. any self-respecting any self green player is probably going to have a lot of lands and a lot less mana rocks and treasures and that sort of thing to use so what do you mean are you saying that green likes lands <clears throat> i'm saying green has great mana ramp that comes in the form of finding land use that mm. uh, especially if you're going to run titania's song uh, i think i think going with with uh you know green uh, mana rocks that produce green when you're going to play titania's song is probably a mistake build accordingly well. but i mean hey hey uh, I love the idea that this works so well that you found a card from Antiquities that essentially <laughs> was that essentially was mostly useless for a long period of time because it would make these things into creatures that would still be alive. Uh, I mean, this this is going to be great. You're going to tie up the board. You're going to tie up some people's uh, ability to produce mana, even if even if all you're hitting are the mana rocks. Fun fact too. Yeah, this hits artifact lands. Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, <laughs> this is true too. I would note that our our, our sponsor for this episode uh, is also an artifact, uh, but you might want to be a little careful with that one because I believe it costs how much, Andy? <laughs> Seven and two green. So uh, nine. Yeah, so it would it's be a nine, nine. a nine nine that doesn't do anything, but nine nine. It's a nine nine. <laughs> yes, suddenly the great hinge is actually is actually smoking you over the head too. Um, um, so yeah yeah. and for those wondering this is in 260 decks and it costs 3 and a green I don't think I had mentioned that at the beginning no. so. um, and I will say that if you don't mind uh, getting, the, getting a white border version uh, the original Antiquities version I'm looking on Scryfall is sitting at $5 uh, 
however, if you're willing to go for revised, fourth, any of the others, you're probably looking at somewhere between 30 cents. Yeah, right around 30 cents. So <laughs> this is not this is not an expensive card. You can certainly pick no. these up. Maybe we should redo our, our second season premiere as white borders are more powerful than you think. <laughs> <laughs> uh bruce all right so uh this is my favorite card out of all of the cards i'm i'm looking at um because i have it i've used it repeatedly i really like it uh it's i wouldn't say it's the uh the most powerful because uh, i saved the most powerful for last but i love <laughs> this card and uh, i really encourage people to take a take a big long look at it uh the card is called catabatic winds it costs two and a green. Uh, the art on it is cool. Uh, it looks like a, a dragon that's uh, either tossing flames or, or it's a massive pile of flames being fed by the wind at the dragon. Um, hmm. Most importantly, Catabatic Winds is an enchantment. It has phasing. So what happens here is that this enters the battlefield and it's active. And on your next upkeep... It phases out so you literally just turn it over and it's gone so it's not there anymore and on your next upkeep it comes back it phases in in other words the effect that I'm about to read only works half the time what does the card do it says creatures with flying cannot attack block or use any ability that includes tap in the activation cost and I read the the, I read the card as opposed to the oracle text. The oracle text is essentially the same. The interesting part to me with Catabat Wins was that as a green player, you force your opponents to set up for the turn when they can actually swing in. Um, or or they set up in such a way so that, you know, they, they're always trying to work around this card. So they either have to destroy it when it's up, because once it's phased out, they can't destroy it, it's gone. Um, so while it's around is when they can deal with the card. I'm going to step away from Commander for a bit because the reason I played this a lot was I happened to pull it in a number of Visions packs that I opened. And it turns out that if you have multiple copies of it, you can play them on opposite turns. <laughs> and then it's you've got one there all the time. So it costs yeah, me... Yeah, shutting down the skies. Right, so it costs me two and a green to play it. And then your opponents look at this and say, all right, fine, uh, but next turn, you're, you're mine. And then the next turn, you play a second one. And now they're phasing on opposite turns, so one of them is always <laughs> out there. Um, what it does mean is that when your opponents decide, okay, enough of this, they're only killing one of them. And it doesn't matter how they do it. Ways to destroy into all the enchantments only gets one of them because only one of them is out there. So there's that. Now, you say to yourself, well, the reason that the numbers are low on EDH rec is because it's commander and you can only play one. And I get that. But being able to stop flyers every second turn is nothing to scoff at. It, this is, you know, this is a good card. Um, yeah. And the idea that you can shut down flyers for you know half of the time that's that's something worth it's something worth considering because in the end you're not really taking it away you're just limiting it um yeah and you can and, you know and you can go through that way so it's pretty cool yeah 
The joy with this card is that invariably there's at least one other opponent on the board who doesn't have any flying creatures who's like, oh, thank God. You know, at least I get a break for a turn. So, again, this is an old school card. So also keep in mind, it does affect your flying creatures. So if you're playing uh, green and pairing it with another color, you know, you want to run a lot of great flyers, you're going to want to be careful when you play it. Uh, and keep in mind that your flyers are only going to be effective every second turn. Happens. <laughs> yeah. And besides, how do you get to play a card that has phasing that isn't a creature? It's a very different and unique card. Um, and for those of you out there who are looking for those 60-card casual formats and cards that work well in that, Catabatic Winds does work well in that. I do have four... It's all goofy. Yeah, I have four copies of the card, and I've played all four in one deck. Uh, just to be able to get that that doubling, you know, that back and forth effect on it. Um, oh, Bruce. you know, yes, the deck wasn't that great, but uh, I had. Yeah, I mean, you're I only fun. shutting down flyers anyway. Yes, so. you're only shutting down flyers, and it's costing six mana to do it for all <laughs> of the turns. But it was fun, um, and like I said, it's uh, I have I have fond memories of it back from my days when vision when visions dance in my head as opposed to. All right, for my last card, it's what green people want to do all the time. It's Recycle. Ooh. It's six mana. It's four and green, green for an enchantment. It says, skip your draw step. Uh Uh-oh. Whenever you play a card, draw a card. Your maximum hand size is two. (laughs) I have always wanted to try this card, (laughs) and that phrase about the maximum hand size always freaks me out i mean it's it's better worded than uh the original printing in tempest where it says during your discard phase choose and discard all but two cards so i have a which actually feels a little more comforting but so i have a question if mm-hmm. i've got reliquary tower out which says i have no <laughs> maximum hand size do i have no maximum hand size or do i have a maximum hand size of two that's a very good question. I always thought uh, I, my understanding was that the negative overruled the positive. I would ass- yeah, I would assume that no maximum hand size outweighs. Let's let's take it to the judge's corner. Um, this might be the answer right here. This is uh, notes and rules information for reliquary tower. Uh, so it's just you know judge's notes at the bottom of Scryfall. If multiple effects modify your hand size, apply them in timestamp order. For example, if you put Null Profusion, profusion uh, an enchantment that says your maximum hand size is 2 onto the battlefield, then put Reliquary Tower onto the battlefield, you'll have no maximum hand size. However, if those permanents enter the battlefield in the opposite order, your maximum hand size would be 2. So, Ah, and actually that's right on the bottom of Recycle on Scryfall. Oh, great. Yeah, if you put Spell... Well, I guess I should have looked there. Yep. Uh, cool. Yeah, okay. So uh, basically, play Recycle, then play your Reliquary Tower. You're good to go. So that's our segment, Judge's Corner. Uh, <laughs> Happy to help, folks. Um, I mean, even without it. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be churning cards. You're going to be putting into the graveyard exactly what you want to put in your graveyard. Um, sometimes a little more, but like, you're putting this in your deck. Build around it. Uh, green especially green like 
and something like another color usually have like a lot of graveyard funny business uh, See, you could play this with Freyalise's Charm. So you're you're um, you're missing your draw step. Uh, whenever you play a card, draw a card. Well, Freyalise's Charm will let you draw some extra cards, uh, just to sort of you know if you ever need to replenish. And it's the best wording possible, where it says when you play a card. Yes. So you know you have. Uh, so lands aren't going to run explore you out, of out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Every time you play a land, you get to draw a card. Yeah. And after the first time, you're not discarding too much. Because after after the first round, um, you'll have two cards at the beginning of your turn. Only really be, ideally, discarding one every turn. Right. This also works very well with uh, with one of the other cards in your set, Whip Silk. Weep. So, oh, yeah, you definitely. play Whip Silk, you get to draw a card. You spend one green, put Whip Silk back in your hand. Now you have two cards. You play Whip Silk. You draw a card. You pay one green, put Whip Silk back in your hand, and now you can pay play it out again and draw another card. So, you know, there are plenty of ways that green has to draw cards that doesn't involve your draw step. It doesn't have to be, yeah, draw a card for the turn. It doesn't have to be Howling Mine. It doesn't have to be all these other ways. There are plenty of ways to draw cards that avoids, the that, that skips the draw step. This definitely looks fun. It looks like something I would like to try. Yeah, and it's got some fun Phil Folio? Folio. Is that how you pronounce his last name? It is. I love me some Phil Folio art. And honestly, maximum hand size of two, it's not that few. Like, two is not a lot, but like... You, you can keep up a whole round of instants that you need with just two cards. Like, it, it's not it's not too much of a detriment. Like, it is, it's oh, it's definitely small, yes. But Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cringe. I'm not going to try and defend, whole, you know, a maximum hand size of two. But you can get around that. I am. <laughs> um, the other part is, is something that we haven't really talked about is uh, whenever you're playing instants or creatures with flash... It means that you're getting to draw a card on an opponent's turn, so that's also mm. another uh, another scenario. So something else to keep in mind. It's very true. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to our last card of the night. All right, folks, the last card of the night, and I don't think uh, it, it, we're gonna, we're going to end this with a card that gets rid of all of the other cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, simply put uh, Tranquil Grove now Tranquil Grove is in 204 decks on EDH rec uh, you may have heard of it if you haven't pay attention this is important Tranquil Grove costs one and a green that's right it costs the same as naturalize it's cheaper than many many other cards it is an enchantment it comes onto the battlefield. Enchantments are notoriously hard to get rid of. For one, a green and a green, it reads destroy all other enchantments. Now, this isn't destroy all enchantments, meaning meaning it hits itself, you get rid of all the enchantments, and then you get to then there's a restart. No, no. This sits there. It's not going anywhere. So you get rid of all the enchantments? Great. Somebody else wants to play another one. Huh, I've got another two green and one extra, I'll just do it again. Because at that point, you've got the ability to wipe enchantments off the board for the rest of the game until somebody does something about your grove. 
that's a powerful situation to be in. Anybody who has played um, Aura Shards. So, mm. Aura Shards. Play a creature, destroy an enchantment. And almost anybody... Or an artifact. Or an artifact. So almost anybody playing Aura Shards understands what Tranquil Grove does. The difference, though, is that Aura Shards, you have to actually play out creatures. And you mm -hmm. only get one at a time. So if your opponent can play a bunch, then you, you have to try and keep up. Tranquil Grove doesn't require any sort of keeping up. Spend three, destroy all other enchantments. Done and done. This is easy. It's straightforward and it demands attention right away. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, once you pay it once, you've gotten your value from it and it just sticks around if you ever want to do it again. Right, and I will say that if you're doing it just to get rid of one enchantment, then yes. <laughs> Paying five mana, because that's the net here. Five mana for, at sorcery speed, because this is an enchantment, you have to play it on your turn. That's not great. However, it's the threat. You play it out there, and now it's sitting there. It's waiting. It eliminates every enchantment that's out there that your opponents just can't play. They just can't. You can't play an enchantment into a Tranquil Grove. There's no point. And even, you know, if somebody goes to get rid of your Tranquil Grove, you can activate it in response. The only time you can't mm -hmm. is with is with Croson Grip. Um, and honestly, if they've got the Croson Grip, they can play their enchantment and then try and wait for you to spend your three mana because they just want you to burn some mana. Well, fine. I mean... It's cross and grip. That's that's what it's there for, but <laughs> that's the only that's the only real option. Uh, otherwise, Tranquil Grove just sits there and just takes everything out. And remember, uh, my my list today has been pretty anti-black. And to be honest, <laughs> every in every every list that includes it, cards that are enchantments has to be considered at least a little bit anti-black. Black just has such a hard time getting rid of enchantments. So I get it, Bruce. I'll stop playing Taysa. There we go. <laughs> so, but you know, it's just this is a this is a wonderful way to get a reset and to demand the reset stays. Uh, you know, mm. I'm just going to do it again. I'll do it again and again and again, and it 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 can tie up opponents in knots. I mean, we just went through Theros Beyond Death. It wasn't that long ago. So there's enchantment creatures running around. There's there's all sorts of targets for this thing. So um, the only real restriction with Tranquil Grove is that keep in mind it takes out your other enchantments. So if you're running a lot of en if you're running enchantments and we've already seen green has a lot of great enchantments, keep all that in mind when you play Tranquil Grove because you're making a statement that says I'm going to activate this. <laughs> and the instant you play a doubling season or some six mana enchantment, you're basically saying to the board, yeah, I'm not activating this. If you're running this, you might want to be trying to focus on, on green's other strengths, like, oh, I don't know, big, huge creatures. Just, what? just, just do that. Maybe I don't play enough green. Big, stompy creatures. Hmm. Doesn't sound familiar. Right. Find, find yourself a great henge. It's not an mm. enchantment. It's an artifact. Uh, so yeah, Tranquil Grove. It is. Uh, it's a card that not nearly enough players are playing. That uh, a lot of players just don't even know about. You know, having having ways to get rid of all the enchantments 
especially something like this, which is recursive. Beta progress is great. Uh, you just have to be able to bounce it to be able to redo it over and over. Um, but Tranquil Grove doesn't even require that. It just, here, just give me three more mana and I'll do it again. So yeah, that's my list. It's a good list. Yes, I liked your list too. And I will say, uh, to those of you listening who are like, I can't believe you missed this. I'm like, yeah, believe it. There's that many good green enchantments. Honestly, my list was six cards long. Uh, and it was last minute that I was like, which one, which is my last one? Ah. I have five more cards on my list. Yeah. But Andy. I think that's going to do it. I think it's going to do it. I think it's time to wrap Uh, this one up. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, Again, thank you for listening, hanging out, whatever. We'll be back next week. We are the Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the Temple. Bye. Wow, that was winning. Bye! <laughs> Bye! Hey everyone, Andy here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Temple of the False Pod. Just a few housekeeping things here at the end of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. Subscribe and give us a review. It really helps out the show. And it'll show us what you like about our podcast. Uh, Also, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram. Our handle is falsepodmtg, all one word. So be sure to follow us. Feel free to reach out to us there or drop us an email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com and tell us your favorite magic-related story. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again to you and to Bruce. He's Mana Burned on Twitter, and I'm Andy Weekend on Twitter and Twitch. We're Temple of the False Pod, where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple.